The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome back to Afternoons with Mike right here on the Shepherd Radio Network. I was introduced to a a young lady in the St. Louis area from our good friends over at Higher Life Publishing, David Walday and the gang over there. And this lady's name is Mindy Foster. She's an author, a Bible teacher, a missionary. She's also, I don't know how all this fits in. We're going to have to hear this part of it. She's a self-defense instructor and it's a jujitsu instructor of all things as well. So Mindy, I don't know whether to be a, be kind of watching out for a kick or, or whatever, <laughs> but welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And now you're up in the St. Louis area, but I understand I you have some Florida ties. I do have Florida ties. I spent a couple of years there, uh, college age around there and did some internships at a church. Uh, it was a program that's not really around anymore, but yeah, I did a couple of years there and learned a ton, failed a lot. I failed a ton there, but you know, lots of lifelong memories and that, you know, ties to people that I still talk to today. Well, Florida has that effect on people. <laughs> once yes. you, once you're yes, here, you, you always feel a bit <laughs> a part of it, right? Absolutely. So Mindy, you're up in St. Louis now, and just kind of uh, let's start off with your story. How is it that you came to know the Lord? How is it, what's, what was your, your pathway like in your life? Um, so to, to make it simpler, to, if that's even a great term, uh, more simple, how about that? There you go. Uh, I didn't really, I was not raised to be religious. I wasn't raised in church. I got saved around the age of 17. Um, I started going to, oddly enough, started going to church with some people that I partied with in high school, you know, and stuff like that. And I found out that they were involved in church. And I'm like, what? So they said, oh, you'll love the youth pastor. You'll love this. So I I went to church and I didn't even know what a pastor. I remember the first time they're like, this is pastor so-and-so. And I'm like, what's a pastor? What's, I knew what's nothing a pastor? about church. I love that. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> So got saved around that time, but really always struggled um, early on, even as a kid with anxiety, with, um, I, I would say, depression then, even even then. And so during that time, God just kind of brought me up and out of, I guess, just out of that. And I still have to deal with the issues, the the mental issues today, but it's completely different completely different. God has used that part of my life to, to just completely turn my, my life around. That's a large part of the testimony. Yeah. Now you're describing a time frame in, in our lifetime. Those of us that are older w- would identify exactly what you're talking about. And I find, and I'd, I'd love your thought on this. I find that when I'm talking to younger people, they have a completely different view and outlook when it comes to mental health, when it comes to things that are uh, they're, they're facing in their lifetime. They are not at all uh, concerned. I think the way that my generation would have been uh, for someone to find out they're dealing with depression, for example, that was something that was almost like kind of brushed under the, the carpet, if you will, back then. Right. Yeah. So I think, um, there was a stigma, you know, I'm in my forties now and, and growing up in that point in time, and I would especially say in church, you know, how in the world can the joy of the Lord be your strength and you battle with depression at the same time? Like you must be doing something wrong. You must be doing there. It was just not something that was openly talked about and accepted for people to have depression, anxiety, um, stress to the point that we talk about it today. It's right. definitely more accepted today. And I think we've, We've really, um, you know, right now is kind of the the era of counselors, psychologists, and and all that stuff, and and that's fine and, and dandy, and that's great and everything. But yeah, back in the in the day, if you wanted to call it that way, we didn't talk about that stuff. 
we we didn't you know you kind of pulled yourself up by the bootstraps and you kept going we tried to to go through it you know what i mean yeah i think that people put on the best face they could and yeah. just kind yeah. of pushed it into the background but uh, it was true then and it's true now if these issues are there they're not just going to be going away because you push them into the background so you you've got right. to deal with them and fortunately back then as today we have an answer in god and Absolutely. god has opened up so much i know for you and your life but that is something that i think if there's a positive about this day and age in which we live today at least it's easier to talk about it the, the sad part is it's almost expected in, in a lot of circles that you're going to have these things and there's almost an expectation that you're going to live with it and deal with it as front and center, for, you know, like a front burner thing all your yeah. life. And so that's the negative side of it. So while you can talk about it and it's there, uh, there you know, so many kids I think have just accepted it as a uh, uh, kind of like the 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 weird uncle in their life <laughs> and you got to deal with it and it's just going to yeah. be there. Absolutely. Well, and there's so much more, um, there's so many more resources at our fingertips now. While there's the downside to to media, you know, where it can be burdensome in a sense and have a negative impact. The good thing is that we, you know, there's so many free resources at our fingertips that can help us. Yeah. And we know that it's not some kind of weird thing that's occurring, but this is quite normal for everybody to deal with this, you know. Mm. Now, when you were young at 17, were you in this area then in Florida at that point, or had you moved no. to Florida later? So I'm originally from the St. Louis area, and I spent like a year in Rockford and then two years in, in Orlando. So I think I was like 21, 22-ish around that area um, when I was, when I lived in Orlando. Okay. So you, and now you're back in your home area of St. Louis yeah. then. Uh-huh. And that's a great area. I've got good friends that live there. Been there, been up in the arch. And that's a trip yeah. in and of itself. I've been up there it a couple is. of times. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You had to, you got to experience a few things. You Have you had toasted ravioli? That's a St. Louis thing. Uh, no, I haven't uh, done that. Yeah. Emo's pizza. People either <laughs> love it or hate it. Gooey butter cake. Yeah. There's a bunch of St. Louis stuff. It's becoming a it's becoming a foodie capital, you know, cards game. You got to do that. When oh, of course. Well. <laughs> I, I went to the old Bush Stadium uh, back in the day a couple of times. And I'm a big cards fan to this day. So it, it's that was my uh, that's where Cindy and I honeymooned actually was in St. Louis. Really? Yeah. Really? We did. We got married in Indiana, actually in Henderson, Kentucky. And then for our honeymoon, spent it in St. Louis, the big city of St. Louis. So yeah, I've got fun memories there. And oh, that's uh, great. yeah, just great. It's a beautiful area. A lot of fun things to do. If you're a baseball fan, you got to go to those cards games. That's right. Yeah, It is a baseball town. I mean, Blues are great too. They're a wonderful hockey team and our soccer team that's new is becoming more and more a big deal in St. Louis. But I would say really, we've been a St. Louis like baseball team town for decades, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you find what you're doing today? How did that work in your life as this young person? You've moved around. You came to the Lord as a uh, kind of at the last years of high school. Uh, how did you find yourself? What do you When you look back at your life, what do you say is maybe some of the pivotal turns that took you to where you are today? Oh, goodness. I, honestly, it's just... There's no shortcuts to it. It's just, it it was sticking to my relationship with God through thick and thin, even when I didn't want to. Mm. Um, in the worst of it, I knew God had called me to ministry. I didn't know what that looked like. I had no idea how that was going to turn out. I didn't start writing until my late 30s. And I don't even consider myself a writer as much as I consider myself an encourager. Um, I think there's wonderful writers out there that do it and they do it well. I'm not that person. I write to encourage. Mm -hmm. And I, I've learned that that's what I needed so badly from God over those years. And I could not find what I needed through external circumstances. And I tried, 
I tried to find it through relationships. I tried to find it through um, even activity and events and people and things, you know, and people talk about that. But for me, looking back, I did. I looked and I even tried to quit God. I'm like, just leave me alone. Several times I would just get to a breaking point and just ask God to leave me alone and let me live my life. Mm. But every time I would have to fight and struggle and figure out those issues, every you know question that I had, whether if it was scripture or whether if, if it was just like about the greater things in my life that I wondered about, yeah. it was a battle between me and him. Um, I, it was intimacy with, intimacy with God, but it was really, I mean, if you think about it, and I guess this maybe this is where jujitsu comes in. When you wrestle something out with somebody, when you're wrestling them, mm-hmm. you're also close to them. That's a different kind of intimacy. And that's where, that's where I learned those things is wrestling it out over the years with God. You and Jacob, huh? <laughs> that's exactly I, what I'm. That's a very personal, very personal story of scripture for me. Yes, absolutely. I bet it is. And you know, as funny as that seems, because he's the only one that we have such a story in the word who did what he did, yet the the description that you're giving about wrestling with God, I think is much more common than it is rare. And a lot of people, they just don't realize that it's the love of God that's causing him to struggle with them, uh, or at least their perceived struggle. It's his love. Uh, Someone uh, obviously referred to the Lord at some point as the hound of heaven. It's like yeah, that sure. picture of a bloodhound running after you and not not giving up. And uh, that's what God does to us. Absolutely. Very well depicted. I like that phrase, the hound of heaven. I haven't heard that in a while. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it, it's really uh, always helped me because when I feel I've come to those points too, and I wonder like, God, what is going on? And sometimes the people that you love the most can be those that are in your life that you understand uh, the, the the least and you, you just yeah. don't get it. And it, it can drive a lot of people to those points where they think like, man, I, I don't know that any of this is, is real. And I, God, are you there? And you, we ask those questions, but yes. you know, I'm thankful that in your life and it's true in mine as well, God's always there and he's not going to give Absolutely. us, he's not going to yeah. give it up. I think um, it makes me think of about Job, how he completely, God completely allowed Job to be stripped of everything that he ever knew. And, and I think in the, within the first couple of, uh, I'm just shooting off the hip here, so it's not like I refreshed this, but I think within the first two chapters of Job, it says, and Job did not sin by blaming God. Right. And that's where I, I actually had to learn not to sin in my struggle is I wanted to blame God for every single thing. Yeah. Why, why, why? And I would fight him. I would shake my fist. I, it, it was very much a love hate for years. I hated God to be honest. And, um, and I learned over the years who he truly was by that wrestling. And it went from wrestling against to embracing Wow. And learning who he truly was and that he is loving. He can be trusted and he is faithful and um, you can lean on him. Just all the cliches that people talk about in testimony or in worship are absolutely true. But when you have to actually find that out yourself, that's when it becomes way more realistic and at a whole other level, <laughs> you know, than we realize. That's well said. And it, there is another level that God always is calling us to. I I love the books by C.S. Lewis, The Chronicles of Narnia, and that upward and onward picture that uh, this series kind of ends with. We're always going outward, onward. We're always going upward with God. We're not going to be going back. We're not going to go down. We're going to be going on and up. And, and that picture is, is really the call of our lives. And, uh, you know, we take, uh, I, I know in my life, there's been surprising turns and I know you found that, and I'm sure you write about that. And that's the mark of someone that in my mind, uh, whose writing is really interesting. It's when they bring us into those levels of their life th- through their writing and we, they can identify with the person writing the story because 
They're describing what's going on. It. I hear this phrase often. It's like they're reading my mail. That's what I hear yeah, people say. Yeah. Uh huh. I've even said that myself. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's really cool that you're able to take all of these things that's happened to you and put them down. Now, I noticed that you've been a blogger for a long time. Is that how your writing began? Was just kind of like almost writing a diary? Uh, I've journaled for years, for, I mean, many years. And I never really, and, and if I look back on my life, there's times when I would just write books as a kid, just to write books. Cause it was something that we did in school. And then I would do it, you know, in my playtime or whatever you would call it. Uh, but for me, it writing, I've always done a sense of encouragement in certain aspects of my life, um, certain ways, like writing things out, whether it be to friends and stuff like that. But it was actually sitting uh, with a couple of friends. One day we were talking about the parable of the talents. And the question came down to, in our devotional, after talking for several minutes, what are we going to do with what God has given us? And I, my response was, well, what can I do? And the, and it wasn't something that I was trying to go grand with. I was just trying to be obedient. Right. And it was like, so, well, I can, I can encourage by writing a blog and I will do these little devotionals. That's what my, my time can allow right now but it's also what I know that I can do until I figure things out right now. This is just step one is, was my thought. And so I wrote a different uh, devotional called um, perspectives from Proverbs. And that was, that was the first response of, of writing for me technically. Wow. And what a great book that is. You talk about bite-sized morsels, uh, and the, the Word of God, and it just becomes so wonderful when you begin to realize uh, the wisdom that's in those pages of that book and how that each and every verse, it seems at times in some parts of it, to go a different direction, and you wonder how in the world is this all is all coming together, but it does. Yeah, yeah it does. And it's, um, you know, that... I kind of laugh about that one because I published, I didn't mean to publish that one, to be honest. I just wanted to get it printed and I looked at every, I even took it to like Staples or the office mm -hmm. supply place or whatever. And when they gave it back to me, I was like, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> and so a friend of mine was like, well, you can, you can publish that. You can get it published. You can do it. You know, here's a couple of places that you can. So I actually got it published on accident technically. Because I just wanted to give it to my friends. I just wanted to, I had no idea that I was going to, you know, self-publish and release it in March of 2020. <laughs> well, that's crazy. <laughs> and everything shut down. And so. Um, what a year. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely, I decided in 2019, uh, September that I was going to do it. And then um, actually with, with the daily dose, you know, I planned nothing out with, the perspectives from Proverbs. It it was it was an act of obedience that I did in faith. Wow. But but in August, I felt like God wanted me to write about everything I knew mental health wise in practical bites and call it the daily dose. And that's, that's what it is. We're gonna okay. pick we're gonna pick that up in a moment. I gotta take a break here, Mindy, and hang on. Sure. Now you'll see your name listed as M. K. Foster. That's F O S T E R M K Foster. And the, the book that she's written is called The Daily Dose. When you think better, you live better. We'll be back with Mindy in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. 
All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. On the line with me is Mindy Foster. Her writing name, the author name that you'll see on the book is M.K. Foster. And I, there's always a reason why authors do that. Sometimes they'll include a middle initial. Is that, uh, is that, uh, what would be your reasoning, let's say, for, uh, for doing that? Because I could. I, it, it, they asked me initially when I did the first book, and like I said, I didn't really plan that one. And so they said, okay, well, what's going to be your pen name? I'm like, well, what's a pen name? <laughs> I, right. I didn't know. And so I was like, oh, well, okay, let's just do this. And so it's really just been something short. I just wanted to keep it short and sweet and fun, you know. Well, it sounds very authorish, MK. <laughs> and when you said initially, I thought you were making a joke that you're using your initials, but I see that wasn't the case. The Daily Dose is the name of the book by MK Foster. And uh, again, the subtitle that is listed above uh, your picture on your little uh, ad that you do is that when you think better, you live better. Now that reminds yeah. me of the phrase that I've heard for many, many years, the proverb, as a man thinks, so is he. Yes. And, and really yeah. what you're talking about right there is really the truth. Uh, and and yet how can people uncover the, the root of why they think the way they think? And, and that's the big mystery for all of us, right? Yeah. Um like one of my favorite things to study and I, it'll probably always be a part of my life and my life message and ministry in any sort is how much God cares about our mind and our mental health as well as our, our, our heart and our soul. And so that, that is what he taught me for so many years. Mm -hmm. And the, the daily dose was like all these tidbits that, um, I didn't write it as a scholar type of book. I'm not trying to teach teachers and, and I'm not trying to throw a bunch of Hebrew at you, even though I love that. That's just not the point of this book. This book was for every entry level person who wants to know a little bit more about um, mental health and what God has to say about that, what scripture has to say about that, and be able to take five minutes. It doesn't matter. Like I, I was thinking of the person who hates reading <laughs> and the person who doesn't have time. Maybe you're a mom who's so busy in this in a season, but I wanted them to be able to say, even though I hate reading or even though I don't have time, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to give them a, just fit in a little bit of encouragement, deep encouragement for them. Now, this is something, again, we talked about this at the beginning of this interview a bit. In this day and age, we hear the phrase mental health, and it's much more commonplace, much more out there for people. Uh, there seems to be a new awareness of one's uh, thinking or their their feeling and how much of a role in the daily lives and their lives that that's playing. Uh, how do you kind of approach that now scripturally? Because you mentioned that the Bible has to say about that. And I think there'd be some people who would hear that and that might be surprised that the Bible deals with mental health because it feels like this phrase mental health is such a new phrase, a new concept, but it's really not yeah. at all, right? No, no. Um, honestly, I would say I would have to, if somebody was asking me about it, my first question would be, how much do you trust scripture? Because until I made a decision in my life that I absolutely trust the wisdom, the deep, timeless wisdom, uh, infinite wisdom, to be honest, from scripture, uh, I didn't really get anywhere because it was always just a, if I viewed scripture as just an encouraging option or a good framework that suggests good ideas, but I didn't take it seriously. I didn't see a difference in my life. It was when I made scripture an absolute for me where I trusted scripture over my own feelings. I trusted God and what he said over my own feelings. That's when I saw a difference. So I, I think before I would get anywhere with somebody, I think we would have to challenge 
hey, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Maybe why don't, why do you feel this way? You know, I, I, I'm not going to talk them into it. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But to say, okay, like, it, this is more than you realize. <clears throat> you know, I, I think that that phrase, feelings and trusting your feelings, is really at the root of a lot of this because isn't it true when you believe that maybe in our culture today, at least in our lifetime, we're seeing a whole generation put much more trust in their feelings than they should? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's awful. It's awful. I don't know if it's like, and listen, I, I love Disney. I love Walt Disney, you know, and, and I grew up on the, all that stuff, but following your heart is a total crock that you cannot, you can't trust your heart. Like that's, that's why I tell people like you, you, you can trust your heart. That's if you feel like that's good for you, I can't, I can't make you. But for me, anytime I've ever trusted my heart, it has led me to trouble. Yeah. It has led me to issues. It's led me to, um, to like anger and re like regret. I've never, ever had a good, like, um, experience <laughs> from trusting my heart. So I just, I know better now. And I, we know, I absolutely know better. We know that that's also death to a lot of families, a lot of uh, marriages, because people, yeah. they trust their heart, they trust their feelings. And I always go back to this. I think one of the craziest lyrics that I ever heard was from Barry Manilow's song, um, I've been up down trying to get the feeling again. You know, it talks about doctor, my woman is coming home late today. You got to give me something because I've been up down everywhere I can trying to get the feeling again, but it left as fast as it came. So when we boil love down to a feeling and the sense of feeling in our heart, uh, then that's why no wonder we have people with divorces out the window, right. rampant people, just right. problems all around because we're living our lives trying to hold on to some sort of obscure feeling that we have in our heart. And it, it's going to, it's the recipe for disaster. Yeah. And I mean, and there's a time and place for emotions. That's the reason why we have them. But I even address it in the book, you know, how we handle emotions is the key. And basically it's like driving a car. You really need to put them in the back seat and not let them in the driver's seat. Because if mm. you're driving with your emotions, you're going to get into a wreck. But if you're putting them in the back seat, okay, great. Uh, and, and, and like I said, Again, a time and place for emotions, but man, you just cannot be led by them. Yeah, a friend of mine used this phrase regularly. I went through a period a number of years ago that uh, I would have, I think I, it would be fair to say it was a depression as well. And yeah. I, I got my eyes off of what I should have been looking at with God and more concerned about what was going on that I didn't like in my life. And first thing you know, uh, I felt like my emotions were just running me ragged and running everywhere. Yeah. And my friend used a phrase that was so helpful. He said, you've got to learn to inform your emotions. You don't want to just try to live emotionless because our emotions are gifts. They're gifts from God. He yeah. made us to feel, but we do have to put them in the back seat. We do have yeah. to inform them that they're not going to run roughshod over our mind and the rest of our life. Yeah, that's a great point. I like that. Inform your emotions. I like very well said. Well, I can't take credit for it. That was my friend's <laughs> words to me. And I, I'm so grateful that, uh, you know, we have truth like that. But I, I think in this day and age, again, a lot of kids, they're not getting people informing them that. And somehow, maybe it's because of just the absorption in, into social media and the uh, the whole world of movies and what people immerse themselves in through binge yeah. watching, you know, it, it's that old thing <laughs> that if uh, garbage in, you'll get garbage out. And yeah. and whatever we spend doing the most of our time with, that's what's going to line up in our heart is what we are really loving, and that's nothing less, isn't it, than idolatry. <laughs> You're getting deep there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Uh, I think it's true, though. Yeah, it is true. It's very true. Yeah. And then we all know that if if we're feeding ourselves this and I think that's probably what happened to me back then, 
is that I just fed myself too much of what I was not liking about things. And yeah. the first thing you know, you know, you're one friend of mine, he, he called me Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize, well, it's another day. <laughs> yeah. But even, so I even like to go along with your point, um, I even had to watch what I was feeding my spirit and I, and, and I'm not, uh, and here's what I mean. So I loved Halloween, loved Halloween. Even after being saved, I didn't care. Nothing really scared me. Mm -hmm. um, there, it wasn't this, like, it was just fun. I loved it all. But then there, there was another area in my life where I struggled with anxiety really bad and uh, other deep fears. And, and I know we all have some sort of deep fears. That's part of what makes us human. Um, but I remember it at one point, probably well into my Christianity, God was like, why are we um, entertaining fears? Why are we entertaining fears in this area over in your life while you struggle with it deeply in this area of your mm -hmm. life? An open door is an open door. It doesn't matter if you think it's related or not. If you're entertaining something of fear, it's going to feed into the other areas. Yeah. Um, and so I just had to cut that off. I couldn't feed that part of my life. I couldn't, you know, I still enjoy the fall. We do plenty of stuff around here, but I really, really just guard it. Like I said, it doesn't scare me. None of that stuff scares me. It's knowing what is the wise thing to do. And so I make a decision based upon that. And, you know, that's why I like the title of your book so much. It's the daily dose of truth that we really need, because I don't care, uh, as I've been serving the Lord since I was 10 and that's 60 years now that I've been serving the Lord and, and not, I wish I could say I did it perfectly and was great every year. No, not, not at all. But the truth is, is that no matter if I get, if I get myself on a roll, let's say, and I'm doing well, I could go six months of reading my Bible every day. And then I miss it one day. If I absorb myself into that kind of thinking, it wouldn't matter how long I'd been on a roll of doing things the right way. The fact that I drop it one time, the enemy, like you said, has a foothold in your mind and, and yeah. we can slide backwards in our confidence. Yeah. Even though we've been doing great, we thought we were doing great. We all need a daily dose of God's word in our heart. Yeah. And, and I, I will notice if I skip my devotions just a couple of days, I will notice just my attitude going down the drain super quickly. And I'm like, whoa, okay, I need to back that up. What am I missing yeah, here? Right. You know, and, and it might be I'm doing those steps, but maybe I'm not focusing on the right steps. Sometimes it's, it's okay. I'm checking off the box. I'm reading scripture, but um, am I really, really just letting God speak? Am I really, am I rushing through it or am I listening intently? Am I really allowing certain, um, just certain things to sink in? And that's, I have to catch myself. Absolutely. It's, it's a discipline that I will have to focus on for the rest of my life, yeah. but it's, it's one that God has, he walks with me through it really he's the, if it's not for him i wouldn't be able to do any of it you know i heard a pastor say one time that in moments like what you're describing right there where we kind of just uh think that we don't need the word and we we let ourselves get dry he said what we're really doing is we're becoming functional atheists now we would never <laughs> say we're an atheist we would never right, right. make that declaration but yep. we we can live our lives functionally as if uh -huh. we as if god wasn't there and we didn't even think of it or Absolutely. we didn't need him well i uh not to plug my blog but today's post was from one of the Psalms and it talks about how as though they were, they were, they were God's children, but they were not believing. Yeah. And it's like, just because you believed on God one time, doesn't mean you're going to continue to believe That's right. on God. And so we have to continue to believe and and listen, you know, I could check myself constantly, you know, this is not a one and done. We walk in perfection type of deal. That's right. For me, at least it's, I'm going to, 
I know that the struggle is real and it's going to be, we have outside forces and this world is fallen and it's getting harder and we're going to have to deal with things. Life is hard as it is, but the Holy Spirit, scripture, prayer, all of these things are tools that God has given us to help us function well and function properly, which is what I've had to learn over the years of taking, you know, well, just to plug it, supplements, you know? Mm. Well, I agree with you completely. And I, I think that that's why this book can be a help to so many people is because we all are in that place. There's not a single human being alive that does not need that daily dose of God, the daily dose of truth in their life. And even though we are believers who have been, it's not a one and done. I I agree with you. It's not a one and done thing that you get it and now you got it. And you know, you're not going to need it any more than that. That's just like uh, the old joke about the husband that said to his wife, when she asked him why he didn't tell her he loved her. And he said, well, I told you one time, if I ever feel differently, I'll let you know. It doesn't work in marriages <laughs> like that. It just, no. it doesn't work. Oh, I like that. That's funny. <laughs> we need, we need to have that daily, that daily affirmation from God. And that's what we're created. Uh, I found out years ago that my heart is a leaky bucket. My life is a yes. leaky bucket. I can yes. think I'm filled up with God but tomorrow, somehow, that filling just kind of leaked out. And yeah, Mike, you said it. You said it. <clears throat> that's where. We, if I ever write a book, I may I may call it the Leaky Bucket Guy. Do uh, it. <laughs> I'm, let me know. I support you. <laughs> that's great. My guest today is M. K. Foster, Mindy Foster, and Mindy has written this book, The Daily Dose. That's available. I'm I'm assuming on Amazon or anywhere else, right? Uh, yeah, most major, uh, you can find it on my website if you want a signed copy um, at buildingyourmomentum.com, but it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, I think Walmart even has it. Um, so yeah, so most places that you'll be able to find it if you just Google it. And it's called The Daily Dose. And if you could, now you talked to earlier about not wanting to plug your book. I want to plug your book here. So let's do this right now. <laughs> Give us a description, if you will, how long the pages are. What's it like for someone reading this book? Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to oversell it, but I'm going to tell you the, the truth with it. This is as simple as it gets in my eyes. Like I said, I, I don't write as a scholar. I write as an encourager. And so if you need encouragement, which was something I deeply needed and still need in my walk with God, I wrote it uh, for really even teenagers to be able to pick up. And, and most should probably understand it, um, all the concepts listed. And so, um, yeah, to me, you know, not everybody can afford a counselor. Not everybody can afford uh, a psychologist or, or what have you. But you can afford this book. Um, it's a small investment that will reap dividends in your life if you take it seriously, because the Holy Spirit is one of the best counselors and one of the best aides that taught me everything that I wrote in that book. That's awesome. And so, yeah, yeah. All right. It's called The Daily Dose. I'll be back with Mindy in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs with over 40 years experience. EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Mindy Foster is my guest today. M.K. Foster is how you'll see her name on a book. Her book is called The Daily Dose. When you think better, you live better. And uh, we've been talking, if you uh, just joined us, you missed what I consider to be a great discussion on on the whys that it would be there for why she wrote this book. Because we all need that daily dose of encouragement. And, and Mindy sees herself as much more of an encourager than an author. And so it's not like a technically written book. It's it's really there for you to grow. It's there for you to read and to be encouraged and to help you. And uh, boy, that is really great. So I, I'm enjoying this. The Daily Dose is what uh, the book is called. 
and you can get it at her website. Give us that website one more time. Buildingyourmomentum.com. Buildingyourmomentum.com. Okay. Got it. And uh, again, you can get your book there. You can go to Amazon, look it up. It's great. And I, I've, you know, there's a lot about you on, uh, on the description. As I introduced you at the top of the show, we talked about the fact that you are into jujitsu. Now there's got to be a story behind that one. Uh, yeah. So, um, my pastor, uh, Steve McKinney, uh, he's also a personal fitness instructor. He, he's, he's a, pastor but he also works full-time he's got a business in granite city illinois he originally joined a gym matt hughes the former ufc fighter um opened a gym in granite city years ago and they had a jiu-jitsu program there and my pastor and his son started going and i did martial arts years ago as a kid and i always wanted to get back involved with it but i wanted to do a different one besides taekwondo that i did and um, I didn't know what jujitsu was really, uh, had no idea. I knew a little bit from, you know, hearsay, but they said, well, you should come check it out. And I did. And I've been tr- like, just with it ever since, you know, on and off, there's been seasons where I haven't been able to go, but really probably for the past six years straight, I've been involved and I'm now a brown belt, which I'm just one step away from my black belt. So, wow. Yeah. All right, so yeah. this this causes me to have all sorts of questions, <laughs> and, and and for the sake of our listeners, I'm going to kind of put myself in their place. Uh, I'm not it. sure I know the difference between okay, we think of these martial arts. You mentioned it, yeah, and you said taekwondo, and then there's yeah. karate, and yeah. then there's jujitsu. So what is yeah. jujitsu? So there's really no striking in the martial art of jujitsu. Okay. This is all about uh, shoulder locks, strangles. Um, it's really joint locks. So um, I, an arm bar type of deal. It's using, it, they, they actually call it like a gentle art form because you're not striking, punching, kicking. But I mean, don't, don't think that bro- bones don't get broken because they could easily. But uh, it's a wonderful self-defense. Like if you've been take, taken to the ground, it's, it's grappling, wrestling. Uh, but with submission holds and strangles. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I think of it, I've talked with you now for the better part of this hour, and I just can't imagine you doing that. But it sounds like that you, once you learn this art, it is something that you could put somebody under submission then when they were not expecting it. I guess that's the big yeah. thing, the element of surprise, yeah. right? <laughs> Even without surprise, I'm pretty, I've, I've been doing it long enough to where I'll, I'll, I can do some damage if I need to. Wow. That is a scary admission right here on <laughs> Afternoons with Mike Friends. There you go. You've heard it. <laughs> I love it. My only story that I can relate to this at all is I had a, a friend who was into karate. And of course, that is the the breaking the blocks kind of stuff and, yeah, and all yeah. of that. And he was a black belt. And... Um, I was a youth pastor back then and they, they, they were going to be, they had like this demonstration group. They were all believers and they would use their feats to kind of tell the gospel story. And then they would bring the boards out, the pine boards, and they would have Uh sin and drugs and all these names written on these boards. And then they would break them all with just their feet and their bare hands. And he trained me to the point of being a yellow belt. That's what well, he hey, did. And, all right. And so nobody knew that I'd done that. And then in, in this meeting at our youth, at our youth group, I had all of these kids there and they were all watching these, these guys do these amazing things. And then they called me up out of the crowd while well, the kids are just dying laughing like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Let's watch what Mike's going to do here, you know? And I took my shoes off. Oh, they were just dying. They couldn't believe it. And then I proceeded to break three boards, one with my elbow, one with my hand, and one with my foot. And they were, they were shocked. I, it was a moment. <laughs> I wish I had that on videotape. I don't. But it, it really happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I know this is kind of, so I've done missions for 20-something years now. Since my first mission trip, I think I was like 
18, 17 ish. And, um, but statistically I read that when they started, when they started teaching women self like rape, self-defense over in Africa, their, their rape stats went down drastically. Um, and with as much ministry as we do in Haiti, I just, I, I would love to get to a point where I can teach it over there to help because like a lot of their, a lot of orphanages are actually like sex trafficking hubs. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I would love to use it to make a difference. And I do teach when I can, um, the book has kind of been my focus lately, but I do teach self-defense, uh, when possible at my jujitsu gym, but it is a wonderful, I mean, believe it or not, People who have been in jujitsu for long periods of time will talk about the mental health benefits of it and not just the physical because it takes so much. Well, number one, it's a community and just like church being a community, mm -hmm. people heal in community. But the other thing is it takes so much focus and concentration that you divert your energy and your focus from your own issues to jujitsu. So that it really helps a ton of people. So I also think that's God used that to help me as well. And so, um, yeah, can it be lethal? <laughs> Absolutely. But it's also just been an, an amazing tool for my own mental health and, and wellness. Well, I think that anything that anybody can find that really fits them, and I, I'm not saying that that would be for everyone. It certainly has right. worked for you, but it, it, it does. It, it burns up the energy. It, it takes our thoughts and our minds off of some of the bigger problems of the day. Yeah. And uh, that is a great thing. Now, you mentioned Haiti. And we talked uh -huh. off uh, off microphone. We talked about our joint uh, experiences in Haiti. What drew you to that island nation, and why are you involved in missions work? Uh, always loved missions work, and I've just that's yeah. Um, Mexico was the first place I went to when I was in high school. It marked me, completely changed my life, and so my church went, we had a couple from my church years ago, volunteer at an orphanage to teach for a couple of years. And, uh, we had a team of, of two adults and a bunch of teenagers go one year just to visit them, take them goodies and also do Christmas for the kids at the orphanage. And, um, the next year they were, they went back. And so they, I moved back from Orlando at that time. And so they asked me if I wanted to go. And I said, absolutely. Cause I had just been to the Dominican Republic a couple of years before possibly. And I think it was a couple of years before that. And so this is just on the other side of the Island. And so I went with them, visited our friends, and then we started building ties with those people in Haiti and it just grew. Those people moved out. Um, you know, they don't teach there anymore. We don't necessarily, that, that orphanage doesn't, I don't think it exists anymore either. But we had a ministry grow from that. And we started a nonprofit. My best friend started a nonprofit called Mission 111. And it now does work in Haiti, does work in St. Louis. And she's Filipino. And so um, we go back to the Philippines and we do work there as well. Mm. And you're right. It's on the other side of the island from uh, DR. Haiti uh, it makes up the... Half of Hispaniola, that island, and uh -huh. boy, I tell you what, you'll see sites there that you won't see anywhere else in this part of the hemisphere, yes. and yes. and yet it is uh, today more dangerous than it was when I went there in the late 70s, yeah. and so I know that uh, there's a lot of people that are doing a great work in this nation and uh, you've had a couple of these trips. What are you, just generally speaking, what do you say to people when they ask you, should I ever be involved in taking a missions trip? How do you answer that? I say, if you can, go. What are the you, benefits that you saw? Because it's not vacation. When you, when you, people want to go and travel and explore and go on vacation. And that, and it is a wonderful thing to experience other countries because it does expose you to different cultures and teaches you about other people. I've learned, I can't tell you how much I've learned being on a mission trip from other people. Yeah. Um, I go with the intent to serve and I do, but God completely wrecks me when I go on a mission trip. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Because you learn so much when you 
aren't putting yourself first. On vacation and you go to another country, you're putting yourself first. When you go on a mission trip, you're putting your other people first and you're leaving your comforts behind, putting more faith in God and just, you know, kind of betting on him. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, I just have learned so much from other people and other cultures, even other teammates that I go with. And I, you know, we've failed learning some of the things and trying to get a grasp on, on how to do ministry in other places, but man, it, it's life-changing. So I tell people, if you ever get a chance to do it, go. Well, I think you would uh, love what our church is doing next year. We celebrate our 40th year as a church, and our senior pastor has put a challenge out, 40 in 40. And that's 40 adults from the church going on a missions trip in the year to mark our 40th anniversary. And so- Ah, that's a great idea. I like that. I don't think I'd ever heard of it before. It, it is so great. So this past week, um, I, I connected our our senior pastor, who happens to be my son-in-law, uh, with uh, Bill Snell from Missionary Ventures International. And uh, so they're talking. We're, you know, it's going to be exciting to see what happens as we develop this this desire. But you're right. Boy, if you go on a missions trip, you're going to come back more change than you yeah. thought you were going to be able to contribute and bring change about for the people you go visit. It affects always me more than I'm ever able to do anything when I've gone yeah. on one. Every time. Yes. It's such a great thing. Well, Mindy, I've had so much fun talking with you today. Mindy Foster, M.K. Foster is her pen name on her book, the Daily Dose. So tell us again about the book, uh, the title, uh, how people can find you and the book, and uh, give us that website. I'm on socials. You can find me on, uh, what is it, X now? Yes. <laughs> That's X, so weird, isn't book. it? <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, yeah I'm, I still kind of call it Twitter, but you can find me there. I just It's just fun to do that at FOMindy82. Um, same thing on Instagram. I'm on there. Um, my website is buildingyourmomentum.com. You can subscribe to do a monthly devotional that it's called the, the, um, momentum Monday or Monday momentum. I basically just do an email blast of a devotional. I send it out every Monday to people. It's free. Um, but I also have my resources of books there as well. Um, yeah, you can Google the book, the daily dose. It's, it's also a great gift for somebody that you just want to encourage. It's fun that way. It's light reading, but it's serious reading. I take a very serious subject and I make it approachable. So, um, I think, I think most people will find that they can, they can follow it along pretty well. So that's awesome. Mindy Foster, thank you for being with me today. This has been a blast. Appreciate you. It's been, it's been fun. I'm so glad that you had me on and what a great opportunity. I'm grateful. So grateful for you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And friends, as always, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time on Afternoons with Mike. 